Welcome to the Growth Gradient Podcast, an exploration of life's many intricacies and wonders. In our multifaceted world, few things are as cut and dry as they appear, especially when it comes to our personal growth, career, and mental health. We are here to accompany you in navigating this voyage of life to inspire those aha moments that ignite the spark of purpose, build profound connections, and foster emotional resilience. We want to build a community that champions vulnerability and compassion because life is not a solitary quest, it's a shared adventure. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm your host, Denalex. Let's, Let's embark, embark on, on this journey, journey together. together. Hey, Denalex. Hey. So, what should we talk about today? There's lots of options. I mean, we can talk about like the recession, like lots of layoffs, pandemic. Maybe it's kind of over, but the lingering effects are still here. Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. I think, like, pretty much like all those issues you just talked about and raised have had a lot of. And I could be melodramatic here, but detrimental effects on um, this whole generation's mental health. Um, There are so many uncertainties that are brought into this world by the war, the Russian-Ukrainian war, um, the economic recession, and two years, three years almost of the pandemic. Um, That's Yeah, it feels like the last three years have basically been at least in the states like humanity right into like crisis after crisis it's like once in a generation crisis this become like once in a year kind of thing absolutely i think it like it changed up so many things like the way we work the way we like you know do education like go to school like so many things are now done remotely or in a hybrid yeah. fashion um and just i guess like in specific industries as well there has been a lot of ups and downs and changes like personally i know that crypto has gone through um pretty much a roller coaster ride the last two years as well yeah the industry is very down bad right now <laughs> yeah down <laughs> bad <laughs> i mean yeah i mean being in our 20s it's like you already have a hard enough time Kind of like trying to figure out your life, regardless of any of this happening. But this adds another layer of like uncertainty to it. Like, yeah, I'm not sure if you're like, I don't know, putting like the correct percentage of money into your 401k, or if there'll be like a world war within the next 20 years or whatever. Yeah, there's this constant like underlying anxiety. I think a lot of people feel about life, especially people are in our age. Yeah, I can definitely relate a lot to that, especially that, like, I guess, like, it makes sense because, like, 20s is kind of, like, your first ever encounter and exposure to a lot of events that happen in your life for the first time as an adult, right? So That's true. And I guess as a result of that, like a lot of emotions can arise from experiencing those events and things that happen in our lives. So like anxiety, feeling anxious, feeling um, a lot of a a wide, wide range of emotions, um, sadness and all that. It's like, I guess, and everyone's um, coping mechanism with that is also different. Um, But a lot of times I can see how, like traumatic events like you know layoffs a recession war can lead to a lot of like mental health problems right depression yeah. anxiety um and especially like during the pandemic too right when people are isolated um it lead it led to a surge of mental health crises um, and these events happen on a global scale. So, like, it's affecting, like, millions, if not, like, billions of, of people and their future. Yeah, it's crazy to think that, like, uh, 
this was like affecting so many people and you're just gonna have to like live with it like i mean like yeah it's affecting billions of people but like there's no panacea i guess so it's more about figuring how you how you're gonna manage living with like some level of uncertainty or anxiety yeah if you kind of like think about these things like they're like irreversible damage almost you just have to figure out ways to kind of cope and obviously obviously healthy ways preferably <laughs> um to to cope and to handle these situations i do also think that like i know this has been talked about and publicized a ton but social media has its adverse impacts on a lot of people's mental health as well um not in the sense of like uncertainty but like just i guess this is kind of like a tangent but just the fact that it always kind of puts its pressure on people to portray this like perfect image of them online on social media when Mm -hmm. in reality like people aren't perfect right so i think social media there's this kind of like a an issue where yeah, people post like the best snippets of their lives. Like you don't really see a lot of the hardship in people's lives on social media. Yeah, it's like but I think, real. Yeah. Personally, one way I, I kind of like think about it is like if you're cognizant of that, like I can kind of like project onto people like um their own like yeah, their own personhood, right? Like on social media, I think that kind of, it kind of robs you of your personhood. For me personally, I think one thing with social media that I figured out was like, if you're cognizant of like the fact that people are really only posting the highlights of their lives that they choose to, you can kind of understand that behind that, those posts is like an entire person with like ups and downs and uncertainties of their own that they're dealing with. And if you have that in your mind, you don't feel as like uh, less than maybe if that's mm-hmm. a problem that uh, you have on social media. Mm-hmm. For me, I feel like I, mm-hmm. I don't really post as much as on social media as I do consume. So for me, for example, on Twitter, it's a good source of like the latest news and like artificial intelligence. Or a lot of artists will post cool art on Twitter. Mm-hmm. TikTok, I feel it's like right now the, the cultural zeitgeist. All like new cultures being made on Twitter, on uh, TikTok. I'm finding new music on TikTok and stuff like that. So I think that there are lots of benefits, but I can easily see how somebody can be disillusioned with their own life if it's not as exciting as something they see online all the time. I I agree with that perspective of like you determine what you you definitely have control and ownership of what you want to consume and how that's going to affect you. However, it's like I think it's like very easy to forget that you have control over that and just kind of let social media guide you and you just kind of become addicted or like you overindulge yourself for example in like these um, Instagram reels or TikTok videos and they are obviously like these companies primary goal is to keep you engaged um, and keep you on their apps as for as long as possible but I think as like an individual consumer, it's like very important, like you said, to be cognizant of what you're currently consuming and whether that's like necessarily healthy for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, like I guess like that kind of leads to what I wanted to um, say in terms of like being intentional with like um, your actions and goals and desire sometimes. I think it's like, important to develop that awareness of for example like what is the purpose of my action and my behavior here like okay i open instagram and controlling your impulses for basically yeah exactly exactly like i guess like it's like taking taking ownership Mm. um okay like i guess like it's also like asking yourself questions um before you do certain things or while you're doing things like yeah so then you can stay on track yeah then you're not on autopilot you're actually just like actually cognizant of what you're doing at all times Mm -hmm. i do wonder like that's like i mean social media is kind of a macro problem but i guess like like 
uncertainty like in our own lives especially around our age can come from a lot a lot of uh, like relative to our peers like a lot of different life paths we're taking like we're in different places like for example like i mean some of my peers from college are getting married now or starting startups like doing a bunch of things like they're all like like in school up until like college graduation pretty much like we're all kind of like okay you pass this grade you go to the next grade you take classes together etc and then after that everyone's like branches off so it's kind of hard to determine if you're on the right path because it's not as explicit mm-hmm. and i feel like that's, that's how a lot of where people's anxieties come from like if uh is this decision the right decision for me should i have done this instead of that? like what are my what am i supposed to be doing at this age by this age stuff like that I think, I think like there's one popular term nowadays it's called like the quarter life crisis right yeah. because like 25 24 26 is kind of like the age where you finish school and then you started working maybe like or at least like have done internships for a couple of years now and then like because when we're younger when we're like a teenager like what we're kind of like told or kind of molded to do is to get like finish your degree like you know go to school and then get like, like a good job and then perhaps like find a girlfriend or boyfriend and then get married and then like what happens after that right like is that like what all life is about yeah. and then I think like at where like we've gained some like work experience had a couple relationships and we're like okay like so what do we do now like because that linear progression like from when we're younger like started to like kind of branch off into like so many different routes and then we're like okay like this is now not linear anymore like it's more like an open field and then so like yeah it's harder to define growth it like growth is more of like less clear-cut than it is like when you're younger it's definitely yeah. not yeah i think of the quarter life crisis is like uh anxiety around like okay what am i making the right choices am i doing the right thing am i in the right job right relationship etc mm-hmm. and then maybe you figure that out maybe you become like content over time or accept the life that you have and then later on you have like your midlife crisis and you're like okay looking back did i make the right decisions am i in the right place am i happy mm-hmm. yeah I always think like just like middle-aged guys like buy like a, a motorcycle or something just to get like their edge back or like I I do wonder if it's like uh not that they're not content with their life or if they just feel the need to to feel like they're growing in some way. I think I think it's like growth is something that is like not super quantifiable it's like so like in a way it makes it hard to measure but um I think like it's it's always like like if I were to compare myself like I guess another thing is like comparing right comparison it's like who do you actually compare yourself to and a lot of times like people would kind of like benchmark themselves against like other people um other people's achievements accomplishments or milestones like oh yeah like this person got married so maybe i should get married soon or like oh yeah this person got a new job so and that pays them like really well or maybe i should do that too but i think like we're also forgetting that like everyone's like different everyone has like a different background different upbringing different um just different personalities in general and i feel like it's like that is itself is like a very poor benchmark to begin with so i think like growth is definitely something that's like if you want to like measure and quantify it it's best that you compare like with yourself like for example what i kind of do personally is usually like i would because i journal a lot so sometimes like when i feel nostalgic or like i want to see how much i've grown like i just go back to my journal and then you can kind of just like sense it through looking at journals and you're like well i've like matured i've grown so much like i've i've grown myself okay for me it's kind of weird i have like i don't journal but are you spotify user so i i use like spotify like they like songs and what i'll do is like it's organized by let's organize literally by time right so like i'll go back like 
500, 600, 700 songs. And then listen to some of those songs I was listening to like two, three, four years ago. And you kind of remember what <laughs> your frame of mind at the time and what you were thinking about, like what your anxieties were. And then it's like, you can clearly see like the difference. It's like my, my little personal way of doing that. I, I know what you mean. Like you just kind of know. So, so if you don't mind sharing, mm-hmm. what kind of, um, what, what's the growth trajectory in terms of artists or genre or music that you've been listening to that shows the sign of growth? Mm. Not necessarily in terms of like artists and genres, but more so like how I felt when listening to the songs or why they, re- why they resonated in the first place. So for, I guess, for example, like um, in college, there's lots of songs about like, uh, just like life struggles or like uh, metal, like rap, all, like a bunch of stuff that I would listen to and think about any problems that I was having at the time. And I would listen to it and think about the problems. And they were kind of like small, not like huge, like existential problems, but like you kind of think about like uh, how much I've grown in like my thought process and how I would reason about those same problems if I were thinking about them today. And how, like, if I think about them today, they feel, they feel like smaller problems. And maybe that means, because I feel like they're smaller problems now, that means I've grown stronger as a person. Right. Yeah, that's that's really great that you're able to kind of find solace in music and find growth um, in your music taste. And that's, that's, that's pretty interesting and pretty awesome. I think also, like, just... Another thing, like, I just, that kind of came to me was, like, just taking a leap of faith and just, like, kind of letting go of that control over wanting, like, transparency, wanting, like, insights into how your future is going to go. Yeah, um, there's there's lots of things outside of, like, okay, I mean, there's, there's lots of things that you can kind of, like, curve your life's trajectory towards like yeah if you want to be a great musician like you can start learning today like okay i want to learn how to play piano you can enroll in a class today and eventually you might be a great pianist right but something like i want to be a world-renowned like pop singer or whatever like that may or may not happen (laughs) and it's like that's out of your control but I wouldn't let that stop you from enjoying singing. So that, that's the kind of difference based I'm trying to get at. It's like um, enjoy the process and maybe like let go of the outcome. Like if it makes you feel good doing something, just keep doing it regardless of whether some stated goal does or does not happen. Mm-hmm. I do. I agree with that. But at the same time, I've... Um, heard of like this tactic or I, I do agree with that and I guess one of the best practices for like they call it the manifestation um, is to also just like think about this person that you kind of like want to become and their main characteristics um, and like uh, their I don't know, like favorite hobbies, um, their career choices, and actually just step into that persona and actually believe that you're that person. And then, yeah, and then like let the kind of process of becoming that person unfold and unravel on its own. Mm. Um, And instead of like thinking that, oh yeah, like, you know, I got to master this instrument um within like the next two years like I think like having that goal is almost like yeah you're like you're you're really adamant about like you know it's it's like you're smothering yourself kind of in a way but whereas like if you just think that hey like I'm like kind of reframe it and be like I am that person who will like who who basically is already a master at this instrument and then i think like with that like because benjamin franklin has said that like you can do anything that you set your mind to so like i think it's like 
almost like if you're wearing that hat already, like you're you have like a better chance at succeeding. Mm. I know kind of what you mean. Like I'm, I've been learning like uh, Mandarin Chinese for a while, and initially I was like, okay, like there's like a a a test called HSK. It's basically like it it measures your proficiency in the language, and so initially I was like, okay, I'll pass hsk2 in like one year hsk3 in like three four years and, and so on and so on all all the way to six right and then eventually i realized like it became more of like just trying to rote memorize a whole bunch of like characters like it, it became less fun doing it that way and i kind of reframed it to just be like more of like a lifelong interest of mine i'll just like learn as I go yeah. and eventually I'll be more proficient as time goes on but I'm not really like attaching like a specific date to when that should happen mm-hmm. just enjoying it as I'm doing it yeah yeah letting go of that control um letting go of like expectations as well because like if you have like a lot of pressure and expectations on yourself or on certain like outcomes I think it it's like it's not making it fun for you anymore right and yeah yeah like i remember reading this book like atomic habits like um they're like a couple of like principles and i just remember vividly that he said in order to actually like learn something um you actually have to make it really fun because like you have to kind of learn how like your dopamine spike work um th- like if if like dopamine is kind of like the main driver of um, motivation and I guess happiness a little bit as well so like if you know how your dopamine works and like what it's attracted to and then you can like be more efficient and more productive at like learning new things so um I think it's important to, to make learning fun actually and and it's like kind of counterintuitive to like what we're taught like as a kid like like because learning has never <laughs> like studying has never been fun for me at least back in school i remember just like stressing stressing over exams and i think it was yeah for me it was like studying for stuff i wasn't as passionate about was a lot harder like than studying for stuff i cared about like if it was like um when I was a kid, for example, I used to read like encyclopedias for fun, like learning about world cultures. So in high school, when it came time to do like world history class, I was I was I was all in. Like studying was just learning for me. Like it was really interesting. But I mean that same year, like other classes like um, macroeconomics or something like that, like something that's important but not as like not as interesting. Honestly, it was just so so tedious studying for those, those classes. I see. Yeah, like, like, I think like, like learning, learning should be interesting and should be fun so that you're like, you like when learning is like self directed and self driven, I think that's like when you can achieve more and become more influential in that subject area. I think like if we were to like think about perhaps some of the leaders, some of the greatest scientists, some of the greater greatest researchers, they all like are just so obsessed and so um, passionate about like the subject area that they're like doing their God's work in, right? <laughs> yeah. I think the key there is like self-direction. Like when you're, that, when you're that passionate, right? Like, no matter what people are doing around you, you're, like you're just focused on that one thing you really care about, and then you're kind of unwavering from that. And I feel like a lot of people maybe don't have that one obsession that is their life's defining, defining a uh, path, but mm-hmm. it was still there was still benefit from a good level of like self direction when it comes to, like not benchmarking your own decisions relative to those who are around you mm-hmm. or your near age group in society in general. In the country mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. so we've like talked about how like there are so many forms like there there are so many uncertainties right now in the world and on an individual level um we've talked about how 
like there's social media, there's、um, global events happening all around the world that's causing a lot of anxiety, and also just being in our twenties, experiencing a lot of different things. Like it could be like a heartbreak, it could be maybe layoff. These things can really, you know, like break us down sometimes, right?、Yeah. And it's and it's normal. But what are some like the best resources or like practices that we should lean to in times of uncertainty? I mean, the things that you can do on your own, of course, are like realize that like you're not alone in like struggling, especially if you're like in your twenties. Like lots of people are figuring stuff out. Well into their thirties, that I know of anecdotally, and like、um, realize that um, there is no like exam when you hit thirty, like oh you've passed your twenties or not. Like life doesn't really work that way. So it's like、um, just don't like focus on outcomes as much as like how you're feeling in the present moment. I mean, you, it's good to think about stuff in the long term, but don't set goals that may or may.、Uh, Don't set goals that are well out of your control, that you'll feel really bad about for not hitting, versus just figuring out ways you want to grow, and then growing incrementally, piecemeal, like one step at a time. Definitely well said, and I kind of just really want to like echo and add on to that, which is like to just take time, take like. As much time as you need to like discover yourself, discover your identity, discover your preferences, discover like discover about the world. Um, this and and without any like judgment or shame too, because I think like it's really important to、um, understand who we are on as an individual and also perhaps understand. How the world works. This is like the best time to do that,、um, and like if we kind of like rush it, I feel like there that runs the risk of us not being able to truly live authentically and happily. So, I think like it's really important that we spend time,、um, just like perhaps understanding, and it's like a good time to, like. Reevaluate some things as well, because、yeah. like growing up, a lot of stuff like wasn't really. It was like more like given to us, like for example, like parents would teach us, like instill a lot of values and principles in us. But sometimes, not always the case, but like sometimes they may not be necessarily aligned with what we believe in, what we、yeah. truly believe in too. So like it's it's a good time to like maybe reevaluate and reassess like whether like some things that you've carried within yourself are are truly aligning with what you really want in your twenties and going forward too. That's I think that's a really good、uh, point because like as I mentioned earlier, like in your older years, like when you hit like maybe your late thirties or forties, right? If you're not doing this like personal audit, like just thinking about like okay, like is this life that I'm currently living something I actually want to be living? Like, are there things I'm not doing that I want to do? My other things I'm doing that I don't want to do, and then just waking up one day and realizing like you're not happy, I guess. So having that kind of constant introspection time, I think, is really important in terms of like prolonging your overall happiness throughout your life.、Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I I think the majority part of life is also just us spending time by ourselves as well. I think like a part of like uncertainty sometimes is like it's like the aging uncertain,、uh, the aging <laughs> anxiety, right? Like、yeah. it's like oh my god, I'm getting old. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna like you know be like because because I think like a lot of. Young people, obviously, like I'm still in my twenties, but like we would not, not that like we don't appreciate older people, but it's just like we kind of have this like negative connotation around like being a senior because you're so old, you can't like walk and you can't like even care for yourself. Yeah, it's because like the connotation is like as you get older, like you're you're less. As you get older, your life is less likely to change. Like, there's 
story has kind of like already been written. That's that's, that's the connotation, at least. Like, it's less exciting now, right? Because yeah, like yeah. when you think of old, you think of like more staple, kind of like autopilot. Like just there's no like a coming of age moments, I guess, that people associate with older age in the way that they do with younger ages. Mm-hmm. And it can seem like less exciting. Or if you're getting old, does that mean you're less exciting? If you're getting old, does does that mean like you're uh not able to pursue your passions like you could think- when you were younger? Yeah, I think it's also like the fact that like the cost of taking risks when you're older comes greater than when you do that when you're younger. Like because yeah. as you're older, obviously you it's very likely that there's a higher chance of you having already settled down, formed a family, had kids, um have a stable career and that's usually what kind of society expects you to do as well. Um, yeah however if you can like if you just like know that you're like a free spirit and you want to stay that way your entire life i feel like there is nothing that can or will stop you from doing that as long as you like yeah and it's like it's not all or nothing yeah like you can like make time just to be spontaneous in your life even though it's like you have lots of responsibilities and you have pretty stable life like it's it's good to make time to be spontaneous so you don't calcify so you're not just like living on autopilot going to work going home doing the same things every single week like at least you have some like variety in your life and like you're discovering and like satisfying your curiosities I think it's also like important to surround yourself with like-minded people as well. Like if you know that you like a certain type of lifestyle and if you could like maybe find a community of people and surround yourself with that support system who just who support you and who like encourage you to do things that you love and you find that you like you're also very like-minded i think that's also very important because we as humans we're social animals we're not like being lone wolves actually reduce our lifespan right so um yeah like it's also important to build that like support system and supportive community yeah i think that's that's a huge yeah that's a huge uh part of like just like being able to be happy in life like a lot of people find that in like starting the family if you don't start a family i guess like you'll find it within like very like maybe intimate friendships or um uh just like exploring passions on your own like and meeting people along the way mm-hmm. or regardless I, I agree we do need that kind of like uh personal fulfillment of like being seen and then like approved of or yes. being seen and like seen for who we are and like seeing somebody else for who they are and they're similar to you that is very, That's a really very good feeling. Social. I think one of like the psychological. Hold on, let me think of the word. Like, one of the. Yes, one of like our psychological needs as a human is to like be understood, and to be accepted. Yeah. Like interchangeable, but um, to be understood, to be seen. And so, yeah, like, I cannot, like, emphasize it more yeah. that we just, we just want to be loved. We just want to be understood. Yeah. Um, You're saying so, like, it's like, we contain, that, like, mm-hmm. yeah, we contain multitudes within us. Like, and there's so like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's so much of our personality that's like, we want to convey to the world, but maybe people are living lives where they, lives where they don't get to express their full selves and it is like kind of key like you want to, sh- to, sh- to share your full self with people and have people resonate with that yes yes and a lot of times i think people can i think it's like it could be early childhood experiences that people have tendencies to stay in relationships or friendships that don't really serve them well so then that could lead to like toxic patterns 
um, which we can talk later in other episodes. But I think um, like it's important to to build healthy relationships and friendships around us that really uplift and empower us. And um, and finding the I guess developing the ability to identify toxic patterns and set boundaries when necessary so that we can be set on paths to at least be become like more peaceful emotionally yeah i think um emotional resilience does i'd say play a part in your ability to kind of not let like the uncertainties of life like take control of you versus you uh, being able to deal with it mm-hmm. like being able to like re- respond versus react to like your problems that's a big deal yeah. yeah i think these are definitely great practices for like processing self-awareness like mindfulness in times of uncertainty so therapy has been gaining popularity especially after covid like i hear almost yeah. every single one of my friends like talking about oh yeah like i've been, been in therapy and it's been great um which i'm like super happy to hear about but i also like i'm a little bit concerned that like people just be like you know like when when the term's like overused people can develop like negative attitudes about it right like it's like it's like it went from being like such like a big stigma to like being too dis stigmatized and desensitized then it's also not not good but I, I i do find that like therapy like especially if you could um extract and learn from like the techniques and tools that they use in therapy like for example cognitive behavioral therapy which is revolved around reframing some of your negative narratives about yourself um to positive ones um and yeah like such would be really helpful in i think like when uncertain times or like the down periods of our lives um, are happening it's it's really good to help us like kind of go help us come out of the spiral come and um and stay like emotionally stable yeah i do think it's pretty important that or i, I really appreciate that like resources like therapy have been more and more you stigmatize i mean in older generations especially i mean we have immigrant parents right so it's like mental health wasn't even like a like a thing like there's like therapy you're you're crazy yeah (laughs) you're mentally ill yeah to go from that like in our generation like people are openly like like openly in therapy and like talking about it freely i think i think it's that's pretty nice to see i think that is um maybe depending on like what your support system is, like maybe if you have a really supportive family, really supportive friends, like in a distributed fashion, that is kind of like therapy. I do realize that some people don't have that kind of support system. So they kind of just need somebody to talk to, like really like flesh out those their thoughts. Some people just do it with themselves, like they sit in the room mm-hmm. or like go on a walk and introspect. And that's their own form of therapy. But I think it's important that uh, that underlying, I guess, that underlying thought process, like maybe it's not full-blown therapy, like mindfulness meditation, something like that. Like we incorporate something like that in our lives because it's just good practice in terms of like emotional regulation, understanding yourself, and just like getting a, a, a good grasp of the problems or anxieties that you're facing. I, yes, a hundred percent agree. Also, I think like back to what I was saying earlier about like uh, therapy being too stig- destigmatized. I think like your point earlier about like 
some people not having that supportive community or support system where they can like kind of confide in people that are close to them or like show vulnerability I think like therapy definitely provides that comfort um but also I think like one concern I do have is that like people who don't really know psychology or like therapy well enough may think that like it's something like that provides comfort or provides it's like something that they can resort to when they feel low when they feel depressed when they feel anxious all of the above are true but also I think like I see therapy also as a set of tools techniques and resources to help you independently regulate your emotions as well like I don't think it's like something that well obviously like yeah I know what you mean like it's like like the difference between venting versus like trying to like constructively resolve a problem or like Mm -hmm. process I definitely as a ladder now but before I definitely had a period where I was like okay like I I'm feeling so depressed right now I need to talk to my therapist and just a vent that's fine too I think think that's like this like venting is part of like the emotional processing part in my in my opinion like it's like getting like you're feeling like the emotional fire hose and just like letting it all out before Mm -hmm. you can really sit down and think okay now that I've done that, let me think clearly about this situation. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, like, definitely, like, part of the process, definitely part of, like, the cycle where they're, like, okay, this is, like, the trigger and then, like, you need to then <laughs> let it out. And then you, like, th- re- reevaluate and, like, think about, okay, what should I do going forward? How do I, like, kind of problem solve, right? Um, definitely part of the cycle. Um, another thing is that therapy is getting expensive so yeah (laughs) it's like definitely not something super sustainable but um if you have like you know the resources to help yourself i think like have doing therapy for at least a year okay maybe a year is too much commitment to start with but maybe at least six months is definitely what i recommend everyone doing to yeah or at least until you notice in your daily life you can like start to use this kind of like like mental models or frameworks when thinking about your own like problems that come up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like bringing the subconscious to the conscious mind yeah yeah and therapy does it's like it's like one of the catalysts for uh, for stepping into self-awareness yeah, I yeah I actually took a, a mindfulness meditation class in college, and like I could like, there was like a marked difference in how I would like think about problems before and after that, and how I would uh, not let them fester as much as I would have before then, because then you can kind of see like in a way that's kind of abstracted from yourself, like why you feel this way, what are the, like what are the causes. Um, how are the ways it could be resolved and kind of just like accepting the situa- situations as they are in the sense that you don't let the emotion surrounding the situation become like the overwhelming factor and kind of like uh, take away your ability to like function properly Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, when you're so consumed with, like, emotions, um, whether it's, like, anger or sadness, it can feel like the the world's collapsing or, like, you're, like, catastrophizing a lot of problems. I think, like, therapy or, like, mindfulness practices or meditation just kind of reduces those effects um, and, and... helps you just like become more stable and realize and i think like it's it's really um helpful in terms of like just understanding your emotions as well or like identify them better like sometimes because yeah when we're filled with like anger or like sadness like sometimes we can't really like like i i think like before i started doing therapy or like started doing a lot of like just um therapy work like journaling etc 
I wasn't able to really understand what I was feeling, whether it was like sadness, whether it was like anger and like pinpoint what the root cause was. Yeah. I think the understanding is uh, the key part of it. I don't think like, or it's just a personal choice, but I don't think like maybe like people should go like full like stoicism and just like, you know, stand tall in the face of like all adversity, all that kind of stuff. But like, as you're feeling emotions, I think it's important to like at least understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And it'll help you reason about your situation in a way that's uh, a little bit more logical and a little bit less emotionally driven. So you make more sound decisions that way. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, like in conversations especially like heated Mm -hmm. arguments um it can go it can rub people the wrong way so many times because so many emotions are involved yeah but yeah like i think like just regulating and mastering your emotions is like a really a really underrated skill yeah and I think, like, if you are able to do that, I think you're able to just almost do anything, like, in the workplace, in your friendships, and, like, your relationship situations. But obviously, yeah, I think, these, are uh, all, these are all, like, very, like, easier said than done. Yeah. Um, emotion, emotions are definitely very hard to control and manage. Yeah. Yeah, mental fortitude is uh, a really powerful uh, tool to have in life. Just really like, kind of like see things through, no matter how like difficult it may get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people it's thrust upon them, like having to like you know immigrate across the world or like or you grew up in like a challenging environment. You kind of had to have that mental toughness and skills ingrained into you as, as who you are. Some people maybe it's had different lives, you know, like and it's something you have to learn. But I think regardless, it's, it's a it's a really important tool. Mm-hmm. It's like also like you can also kind of like just objectively assess situations instead of like being too emotionally involved. Yeah. Um, that and that makes you like super subjective and biased sometimes, mm-hmm. and that doesn't serve yeah. um, justice or fairness sometimes. Yeah, it's like, it's like also kind of tricky because like you also don't want to be super objective because you exactly like you don't want to approach apathy. Like I, it's I think it's good to feel emotion. Like that's how yeah. that's that's what being human is like feeling. Though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, embracing emotions and uh, just, like, being cognizant of why they're happening. And I think that's, it's nice to just, yeah, for me, like, just knowing why you feel a certain way in in and of itself can be a little bit comforting because you kind of understand it. That understanding makes that uncertain situation a little bit more uh, certain mm-hmm. because you at least understand why you're feeling the way you are mm-hmm. it's not just like it's not just like coming out of nowhere I guess. Mm-hmm. and like another thing like we just talked about briefly as well as like not catastrophizing things mm-hmm. it's like sometimes like we catastrophize because we feel like um i don't know like we feel like we might be punished or um we might be um might, might might not be able to survive it's like a survival instinct sometimes yeah. but it's like if we can kind of notice that and ask ourselves is it really true is it really that we won't be able to survive after this or is it just like oh this is just like one of the flops in yeah. my life and I, like you know i could yeah. always climb back up from here yeah the fear of change is definitely like a huge thing like especially if you're i mean we're more we're, we're inclined to just, like, unless, like, acted upon by like, external forces, under if you're, if you're can't, 
if you're content, you're like you'll want to stay content. Like you're not gonna want to branch out or be as uh, risk tolerant mm-hmm. as this new situation might be forcing you to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I guess a big part of our twenties is like okay, like. There are so many risks in so many situations. Like it can be paralyzing. Like in terms of like what decisions you make, and it's like uh, that fear of being, like being like locked into a decision that you would later regret. I guess is a big part of people's uncertainties. I mean, but we're still in our mid twenties. I think right. We're not pushing thirty yet, so <laughs> got some time to figure it out. And I think like just. The idea of like, oh my god, like if we step into our 20s, sorry, 30s, like the the world's gonna end. It's almost like <laughs> like we, we don't have life after we turn 30s. You know what I mean? It's like life goes on after your 30s and you actually become wiser. You become more experienced. And I've talked to a couple people where, like, you know, they just turned 30 or, like, they have been in their 30s for a couple years and they tell me that, like, they're even happier in their 30s because they are way more experienced now and they got more money in their bank account (laughs) and they can do a lot more things and the world is full of wonders and... We have so much yet to discover and explore. So, you know, as they say, 30s is the new 20s. <laughs> True. And I think... I, I, I believe that. I think we should get, a, like, two more years back for the pandemic years. You know, like, 32 is a <laughs> new 30. So, technically, I'm still in my early 20s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. Still got time. Got a lot of time. Yeah. It'll be cool to have this conversation again and, like five-ish years when we are actually like 30 and like you know like recap okay if we're doing the math here in five years i'm still technically in my 20s <laughs> okay <laughs> i'm kidding but yes no that'll be even better because then i'll be I'd, i'll be 30 for sure and it'll be like at least 29 right so like <laughs> i'll be past the cusp but it'll be right before the cusp so you'll be in fear and i'll be like past that <laughs> past that little point It'll be nice to have a little like a uh, uh, a conversation between someone in their thirties and someone who's still in their twenties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think like a lot of times, like because we are so like we have a lot of like passion. Actually, I feel like twenties is the era or like age um, that holds a lot of passion and desires and like imagination and it's like if you kind of think of like different like different age buckets as like different seasons i actually see 20s as like summer right mm-hmm. it's like where like but that's the thing though that's why people don't want to get old because i mean summer's ending you know right but it's like it's like this should be the age where you're like discovering a lot of things and I guess like my point is that like we shouldn't be so anxious about like other I guess like getting old or like dealing with so many uncertainties and like um and just feeling like we're you know not being able to succeed or something I think um I think it's like also coming to terms with the fact that like these are just seasons of change yeah. and um, we should just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think going on like your example of summers, I think yeah, your 20s are like a huge summer in terms of self-discovery, but like throughout your life, there'll be multiple summers. And, you know, like the metaphor isn't perfect because there'll be summers in your life and winters at the same time. Like you might feel euphoria and like, like dismal feelings at the same time in like same year. So it's like, I think no matter the decisions you do end up making in your twenties, that might seem uncertain now, like 
it doesn't mean that your life is like locked in forever. Like your life doesn't end once you make these decisions. And it's like the credits roll. Like it just the movie keeps playing. Yeah, exactly. Like I think so many people are like so laser focused on getting so many like things done within like twenty to thirty period of time. Like they want to like get a super good job. Um, they want to climb up to like top of the organization before they turn 30 and then they want to get married and find their significant other before 30 and possibly you know have a kid before 30 because of for a woman there's like this internal biological clock it's just like their own timeline to like do all these things by 30 but then my question is just like okay what what are you gonna do when you're 30 and i'm like what are you gonna do when you're 40 50 like you're are you just gonna I don't know, like reiterate those things or, right? So I think like if we could just like expand that horizon and timeline a little bit, I think like you would like instantly feel less anxious and feel less like that you're on a timeline or a deadline. Yeah, I think, yeah, self-discovery and like these big changes will just like happen throughout life. Yeah, it's, it's good to not just, like, think there's, like, an expiration date on when, like, you're done. Like, you're done as a person. Like, this doesn't happen. Ideally, you'll be growing until you're not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. That's the end destination for everyone. So, Denelix, before we conclude this episode today, I want to ask you a question. If you could just imagine that you're 30 years old today, mm-hmm. what would you tell your 20-something-year-old self? Ooh. Like, mid-20s, perhaps. The funny answer is, I'll tell, like, all, like, the best dog pics over the next five years. You know, keep using sunscreen. But my serious answer is, I guess, like, um, I hope my 30-year-old self... I hope I've grown in a lot of ways I wanted to grow, like both like language learning, career, like personally, like personal life. The, not in terms of like, I guess a certain destination, but I hope I'm able to tell myself at 30, like or tell my 25 year old self at 30 about all the amazing progress we've made Aww. over the years. Yeah. That's really sweet. And sunscreen is indeed very important. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I would also tell myself <laughs> or like tell my like 18 year old self that because sunscreen is just you cannot miss up the, the skincare routine. What about you? What do you think you'd tell yourself at 25 when you're 30? I think as a 30 year old, I would just tell myself to be patient because a lot of times like good things take time, right? And um I think that I just need to stop stressing over every single decision that I make in life and thinking that like it's gonna be like it's like like the end all be all decision. I think I need to allow myself some room for mistakes for failures and this is the best time to do it to figure out um what i like and not like and what i need to do versus what i shouldn't do um obviously not be like too unhinged and like you know do illegal stuff like obviously <laughs> carry some moral principles um but still like it's be be bold be adventurous and just try as many things as possible and it's okay to like make mistakes Mm -hmm. but i think like this is the best time to just like take risks and meet as many people as i can and discover more about myself and about people around me and increase my capacity for love i think like these will be the things that i would tell my younger self if i were 30 today that's really good advice yeah i guess we just have to wait and see who will become in five years and all the ways we've grown it'll be exciting to see i'm 
me me too because i feel like just within like the past year i feel like i've grown i've outgrown myself a lot already so just at that rate if i can <laughs> kind of keep that growth rate i feel like in five years i'll be like i can't imagine how wise i would be as a person i'll be listening to my the music i'm listening to now like ah uh, sweet summer child yeah, I, I'm looking forward to your Spotify. What what's it called? Spotify? Oh, my like songs. Yeah, <laughs> I no, mean, hopefully, the, the, it's like the oh Spotify Wrapped when you're oh playing. damn, we should do like a twenties rap. So that'd be that'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, hopefully by then, a, like a new Rihanna album comes out. Like she's been playing the album <laughs> for ten years now. Yeah. She she'd probably be writing about her like um, mom life. <laughs> True. True. Which would be interesting too. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah. Looking forward to getting old. <laughs> hey there. Thank you for tuning into the Growth Gradient podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to stick around. Follow us on your go-to podcast platform. It really helps us a lot. If anything has piqued your interest, or if you've got some thoughts to share, don't be a stranger. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at The Growth Gradient. And if you know someone who could benefit from this podcast, feel free to share it with them. Remember, folks, growth isn't a race. It's a gentle uphill climb. Let's keep adding those inches together, one step at a time. <laughs>